Hello, and welcome back to Low Definition, not your daddy's game show podcast. Frankly, if your daddy listened to this, he'd probably be appalled at the state of things. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Lutz, and this is our 20th episode. Whoa! That's right, yep. (laughs) Low Definition XX, just one more X to go, and we're officially hardcore. So... It's been a while since our last show, and if you're wondering why, it's because I wanted this milestone episode to be extra special. So I've spent months combing through arcane dictionaries and dusty old tomes and highly questionable sites on the dark web to gather the greatest words this game has ever seen. Words that will delight you, mystify you. Uh, Who am I trying to kid? It's just the same old goofy crap as before. On a related note, let's meet our players. Uh, And as we have nearly 20 episodes in the books, it seems like a good time to take a look at their individual stats. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. So let's start with Brian Hamilton. Oh, Uh, no. (laughs) The numbers say that he wins roughly 8.3% of the time, as he's played 12 times and won once. So you see, it's not for lack of trying, it's just for lack of winning. Welcome back, Brian. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't play. Hmm. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. (laughs) Makes you think. (laughs) Brian Hamilton. Uh, Dan Morin is also here. Amazingly, he's won four times in nine attempts, which is why the regulars around here refer to him as Old Cheatin' Dan. Hello, Dan. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Oh, man, and he distracts you with that bell, too, which is even worse. (laughs) Next up is Tiff Arment. She's had one success in 14 games. (laughs) Sure, that's a paltry (laughs) 7.14 winning percentage. But her low batting average on balls in play tells us that maybe that's just been unlucky. And uh, she's a veteran presence in the clubhouse. You can't teach that. Uh, Hello again, Tiff. Hey, I won the one that counted. That was a hell of a win. (laughs) Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, Let's hope there's another one sometime in the next 14 games or so. Jason Snell has taken part in 13 games. Uh, It's rumored that he's won twice, but that was back before they had official records, so no one's really sure. Mm. But uh, hello anyway, Jason. Hi, Steve. Uh, Do do ties count? I I think there were some ties, too. I don't don't even know. I think we decided a uh, win is as good as a tie. What's clear is that I haven't won in a very long time. That is exactly right. Uh, And finally, we have Kathy Campbell. She's played seven times, but has yet to win one. Uh, Clearly, she's just biding her time so that eventual victory tastes all the more sweet. Sure. Is is tonight the night, Kathy, or are you still crescendoing? You know what? I think I am here to let everyone else play an amazing game. (laughs) You're such a giver, Kathy. Mm. (laughs) Thanks for helping. Yeah. Take take heart, Kathy. I'm here to support. I'm not exaggerating when I say that literally anybody can win this game. Uh, I refer you to the previous four introductions for proof. So those are our players, who, by the way, were introduced in the order of play as determined by random.org. At random.org, dot is our middle name. So this is the part of the game where we explain the rules. And since, uh, at least here in the States, we're just a few weeks away from the Thanksgiving holiday, I've invited a special guest to go over the rules with you. Please welcome a turkey who does impressions and speaks pretty good English. Take it away, turkey. Hello. Thank you. This is my Steve Lutz impression. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Here's how we play low definition. In each round, I will present you with a gobble word. 
your job is to come up with a definition for that word. If you know the actual definition, send me that. If you're correct, you'll earn an instant three points. If you don't know the real definition, you should send a fake definition that will sound plausible to the other players. Once I have all the definitions, I will randomize and and read them. Then each of you will get a chance to guess which definition is correct. You earn two two points if you guess the real definition, and one point for each player you fool with your fake definition. The winner is the first player or players to reach a score of eighteen, or whomever is in the lead after about two hours. I don't know what that means. For although I can do impressions and speak pretty good English, mathematics and time telling are disciplines that have so far eluded me. Oh, and one last: <laughs> if nobody gets the correct definition in a round, your host—that's me, Steve—gets five points. So don't screw up four times, or it'll be all of your heads on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little turkey humor there. I've been a turkey who does impressions and also speaks pretty good English. Peace out. <laughs> that was a hell of a turkey. All right. Thank you, turkey who does impressions and speaks pretty good English. That was really something. Uh, let's try to put it behind us while we play some low definition. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you write these things down. <laughs> and then you come back the next day and you look at it and you go, oh, that's crap. That'll never work. And then you come back the third day and you go, you know what? Maybe, maybe, just maybe <laughs> I can make that work. And then you actually record the thing and you say to yourself, nope, I was right the second time. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's start as we usually do with round one. And the word for round one is this. Buteracious. Buteracious. That's spelled B-U-T-Y-R-A-C-E-O-U-S. Buteracious. Please send me your definitions for the word buteracious now. Hmm. 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 This is the banter that people tune in for. <laughs> I can see you people haven't lost a step in the seven or eight months it's been since we played this game. Okay, all of the definitions are in for your round one word, which was buteracious. And now I'm going to read you the definitions, the fake ones and the real one, and you'll get to decide which one is the real definition. So, here we go. Buteracious. One, having the qualities of resembling or containing butter. Two, heavily saturated with flammable hydrocarbons. Three, having a flat, smooth top. Four, the aroma that emanates from a butane torch. Five, resembling or having the qualities of a mythical Greek creature that's half man, half sheep. Or six, to lick every last drop from a bowl of something delicious. <laughs> and, and Those are your options <laughs> for the word buteration. And I'm still waiting for the real one. Yeah. <laughs> and the first to get to decide amongst them is... Brian Hamilton. Brian, which one of those is buteracious? 
these are some quality low definition definitions and i applaud <laughs> all of you except none of you uh hmm. i think that i'm going to go with I really like licking the last drop of something uh, delicious. Oh dear. That's great, but what's your answer, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I think my answer is going to be resembling a mythical Greek creature. Okay. The sheep man! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Fighter of the sheep man! I love that we have two having the qualities of definitions, by the way. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's like we never left. Uh, next up is Dan. Old cheating Dan. <laughs> I'm disappointing that there is no nothing. You are heat. disappointing. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ten o'clock start time, everybody. You tell him, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I'm just saying there was nothing rough hewn in any of these answers, and that is most unsatisfying. Uh, so as a result, I will go with the uh, the flat, smooth top. To be fair, yeah. the man sheep is probably wearing a uh, sort of a rough hewn garment of some <laughs> yes. kind. Yeah, coarse, <laughs> coarsely woven. Over his flat, smooth top. <laughs> All right, next up is Tiff. I'm also going to go with the flat, smooth top. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. It's a great haircut, let me tell you. <laughs> Jason. Oh. You know, when you decide which one you're going to pick and then people pick it in front of you and you think, oh, I can't pick that one now. I hate it when people pick things in front yeah, of me. Yeah, I'm going to, and yet I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the flat, smooth top. Okay. Flat, smooth tops were my favorite doo-wop group. Uh, Kathy. <laughs> so, you know, when you're going to pick one and then the people in front of you pick one and then the person right in front of you talks about how the group of people in front of you pick one um which but i know that you know that i know that we know together that i like licking the last drop from a bowl so i'm going with go with that and if yeah yeah okay yes so just to be clear you're taking to lick every last drop from a bowl of something delicious yes yum yum okay well, everybody's guesses are in, so why don't we start with that one? Kathy thought that buteracious might be to lick every last drop from a bowl of something delicious. That actually was Tiff's answer. So. Hey, that's oh. my Kathy. She loves picking my answer. I yep. do. See, I should <laughs> Okay, we're cool. Not a thing has <laughs> changed in all this time. Yeah. It's great. At least some things remain the same. Uh, Brian thought that buteracious might be resembling or having the qualities of a mythical Greek creature that's half man, half sheep. Sheep man. That actually was the answer of half man, half sheep, Dan Morin. (laughs) (laughs) Knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was a woolen, rough-hewn woolen. I pulled pulled the wool right over his eyes. Mm. Oh. Hey. That wasn't wool. Whoa. (laughs) Now, which half is the man and which half is the sheep? Well, whichever it. half you want. The left side. <laughs> the in, right. the inside is man, but the outside <laughs> is sheep. Crazy <laughs> Greek myths. <laughs> I, I don't want to even know how that works. Hey, there are three more uh, people here. That would be Dan, Tiff, and Jason. All three of them thought that buteracious might be having a flat, smooth top. And they are completely wrong. That was Brian Hamilton's answer. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Three points to Brian, and that means none of you guessed the correct answer. Oh, no. The definition for buteracious is, in fact, 
having the qualities of resembling or containing butter. Butter. God. Dang it. We're off to a great start, y'all. And here I was going to give the amount of of points I win when there are uh, no correct answers. I was going to raise it to six because we only have five players. And now I'm realizing that was probably a good idea not to do. Because Mm. we are awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, that was exciting. So after round one, the scores play out as follows. I'm in the lead with five points. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty great. I might bring the turkey in to play for me after a while. Oh, gosh. If this gets a little too... We can't let this happen again. (laughs) If this gets a little too brutal. (laughs) Uh, You'll be able to tell because all the answers will have (laughs) in there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, he does does good impressions, but he's never quite been able to shake the accent completely, so... (laughs) (laughs) Brian is in second with three points. Good job, Brian. And Dan and Tiff are tied for third with one point each. Woo-hoo. So, let's move on to round two. Round two is a listener word. Hooray! Oh, listener, word. listener word. We love our listeners, especially when they send us words uh-huh. to define. This one comes from listener Marlene. And the word sent in by listener Marlene is... Cacoethes. Cacoethes. That's spelled... C-A-C-O-E-T-H-E-S. Cacoethes. What the hell? Please, won't you send me your definitions for the word cacoethes? Now. I really hate listener word. Why? No, no, no. Not the words. Just listener word. (laughs) So you hate the word listener? That's right. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> That's a pretty weird peccadillo, Dan. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Is that the word? Wait, peccadillo or cathoethes? <laughs> I was just going to start calling you peccadillo Dan because flows Pecorino nice. Pecorino Dan? I definitely need more nicknames. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Old cheap peccadillo Dan. <laughs> All right. Wow, your juices are flowing because... Uh, we're, are we butter, butteracious all, now? All the, <laughs> yes, you've slid right in on a trail of butter because this is a. All of the definitions are already in for the round two word, which was cacao with recall, us. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was cacoethes, as you very well know. So here are the definitions: one, a chamber pot; two, anal cleft. <clears throat> Three. I'm sorry, I think Skype cut out. What did you just say? I say again. <laughs> anal cleft. No, don't say it again. <laughs> sorry, I, was, I wasn't I was sure you, if you caught it that you time. You said trouble, trouble cleft, right? Trouble cleft. <laughs> did you hear when I'm I said sorry. anal cleft? Uh, that's <laughs> three. a lesser known of the clefts. <laughs> let's, move, let's move on to three. Three. The pieces that remain after processing the cacao beans. Four. A used diaper that's buried in a garden and used as fertilizer. Five. A strict moral code characterized by harsh punishments. And six. An irresistible urge to do something inadvisable. Those are your options for the word cacoethes. And the first to get to pick amongst them this time is Dan. I have an inexplicable urge to do something unadvisable. Yeah. <laughs> like play and this game. Which is to choose... anal cleft. <laughs> no, that, that was not it. Stop that was saying not it. that. 
Uh, it was to pick that definition about doing something inadvisable. Okay. Fair enough. Tiff. I don't know why, but I feel like my strategy this game is to follow Dan. But he's already <laughs> led me down the wrong path. Yeah, why would you why would you do that? Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to put you into the role of Moe's, but it's just not working. Um hmm. It's either the cacao bean, but that seems too obvious. I'm gonna go with the unavoidable. Right. Which one irresistible was it? urge to do something inadvisable? Inadvisable, yeah. yeah Irresistibly exactly. inadvisable, that's the one. <laughs> the unavoidable. <laughs> Welcome to The Unavoidable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, next up is Jason Snell. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, I'm going with the anal cleft, Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to pick that. Oh! oh. <laughs> it's that kind of night. Yep. Starting early. Uh, Kathy. So, I distinctly remember listener word from listener Jason. Um, and I feel like that really set the level of similar words provided by listeners that our dear host mm-hmm. would pick. So I am too am going with the anal cleft. <laughs> wow. What must All you because think of the of fig. <laughs> yep. And that wasn't even me. I know. That's why like I don't know if you would do something and Plus, mm-hmm. I just want to give a point to whoever wrote this if it's not the actual mm. answer. Right. So, it's very right. kind of you. Yes. Spread it around. Yes. Oh. <laughs> mm. All right. Jason and Kathy are all in on anal cleft. Uh, who's up next? Brian. <laughs> uh, oh, I hate oh, this bad sound. <laughs> Why do I play this? I'm going to go with. <laughs> I'm going with a strict moral code because I really need to get that into my head. A strict moral code to never play this game. Shape up, Brian Hamilton, or there'll be harsh punishment. Harsh. The harshest. (laughs) We're going to take that diaper and bury it. No, wait. It's wrong. (laughs) All right, then. Moving right along. Why don't we start with Brian's strict moral code characterized by harsh punishments? Steve, that I think you read Dan's that wrong. Dan's answer. What's yeah. that? A strict Morin code. Thank you. Oh, a strict Morin no. code. Right. I misread it. My my apologies. Title. As you may have guessed, that was Dan's answer. One point to Dan oh, for that. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm in your head, Brian. Get out. Ah! Speaking of Dan, he and Tiff both believed that Kakoethes is an irresistible urge to do something inadvisable. That was, in fact, the correct answer. Kakarithis is an irresistible urge to do something inadvisable. So two points to each of you for that. That leaves Jason and Kathy, who both uh, dove headlong into the anal cleft. And (laughs) Which one of you wrote this terrible phrase? Let's see if you can guess. It wasn't me. (laughs) Tiff, did I pick your answer again? You picked your answer, all right. Oh. <laughs> you dug in deep up to the third knuckle. So, this is a good round for Tiff. Wow. wow. <laughs> After two rounds, we have a tie for first place. Tiff and I are neck and neck with five Whoa. points each. <laughs> cleft and cleft. Cleft and cleft. <laughs> cheek to cheek. Uh, three. Oh, in third place is Dan with four points. Uh, in fourth place is Brian with three, Jason and Kathy, 
Yeah. We're yeah. not High there. five. We're, we're feeling, Taking we're comfy. Time. We're comfy back at the yes, starting right. gate. You are also hey, it's early. Comfy it's color. early yet. It's all good. It's all good. All right, let's move on to round three. The word for round three is this. Suppidanium. Suppidanium. That's spelled S-U-P-P-E-D-A-N-E-U-M. Suppidanium. Suppidanium. Suppidanium up with you. Suppidanium. Oh, man. <laughs> Please send me your definitions for the word. Suppidanium. Now. I believe we're only two rounds in and we're already at anal cleft levels. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually well, happening. See, my, my problem is that I'm getting out-tiffed because I was like, aha, it's caca. I'm going to put chamber pot. And Tiff's like, nope, I'm going straight to anal cleft. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all of the definitions are in. The word was suppidanium. Here are the definitions. One. A shelf on a cross for supporting the feet of crucifixion victims. Two, the tissue covering the soft palate at the top of the mouth. Three, the full corpus of materials cited in a work of research. Four, an ingrown toenail. Five, an allergy-free latex alternative. Or six, an itch that cannot be reached. One of those is the real definition for suppidanium. Tiff, which one is it? So I'm taking an anatomy class right now, and I can't say that we've gotten to the suppidanium, but <laughs> I think it it's might right be. around the corner from the anal cleft. I'm pretty sure. I'm, it might be tomorrow's class. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna go with the soft palate. It just sounds science-y. All righty. Jason. Yeah. You know, my dad was an orthodontist, and I'm going to go with the soft palate, too. I think that's right. All righty, then. Kathy, you're next. I am also going with the soft palate, only because Tiff picked it, and I hope that she didn't pick her own answer, because then I would give her another point. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) That's a pretty good strategy, actually. Brian, you can drink it fast or you can drink it slow, but your lips have got to touch the ingrown toe. Oh, oh <laughs> what? What? That's a reference. Yeah, it it's is. It's a reference to a previous episode. Mm-hmm. And Dan. Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm torn here. I'm thinking about this. Um, uh, I'm going to pick the, uh, the, the shelf for the crucifixion just to just to mix it up <laughs> okay somebody's gotta because there's a lot of people piled up on that soft palette right now if steve so, wins another point then uh he's rocketing ahead and i'm very scared rocketing ahead i like the sound of that so uh three of you that would be tiff jason and kathy thought that suppidanium might be the tissue covering the soft palate at the top of the mouth not too many other places where the soft palate generally resides mm. That was Jason's answer. Yeah. Oh, oh, you oh, played a bluff there. You, huh? you, I did, I did not pick Tiffs. I did not pick Tiffs. You did not. Yay. 
I had a moment of thinking, wow, Jason, I know his father was North Town. That seems plausible. <laughs> Makes but it I also with don't think lies, Dan. I don't think he's right. <laughs> it should be noted that his gambit there didn't really draw anybody else no. in because Kathy hopped on because <laughs> Tiff did. So. I, I, I was deciding back and forth, but I just thought I'm, I'm early in the round. I'm going to go for it. Mm, well, let's see. I may have driven may have Dan away. Me a point. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Brian thought that a subadanium might be an ingrown toenail. That was Kathy's answer, so a point to Kathy for that. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I was like, oh, I've no. had the, I've had those, and I've never heard that term. <laughs> and that leaves Dan, who thought that a suppidanium might be a shelf on a cross for supporting the feet of crucifixion victims. If he's right, he gets two points. If he's wrong, I get five points. I get. Zero points. Dan is correct. Oh, Suppidanium is a shelf Oof. on a cross for supporting the feet. Of I had to think about that one for a while because I was like, man, do they have something to stand on? I felt like the whole point was you didn't. Was but like then suffocate. I was like, yeah, but then at the same time, that would be really, yeah, I don't know. It seems right. physically. It's weird because like, I've had it. one of those and I've never heard the term before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried about you, Brian. <laughs> Life of Brian? You haven't seen Life of Brian? Come on. It fits with my name. Now, see, in Life of Brian, they definitely have those things on the cross that they're standing true, on and yeah. doing their little dance, but I always thought that was like part of the joke. So. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Apparently, it's legit. You learn something new every day. Too legit to quit. So what I've learned from round three is that Dan is now in the lead with six points. Uh, Tiff and I, I was expecting a more excited reaction about that. But <laughs> it's fun. not going to last, Steve. I'm not, I'm not counting on Stay it. Stay in the game, people. Uh, there's a tie for second place. Five points each, Tiff and myself. In Whee! fourth place with three points is Brian. Jason and Kathy are both on the board. Jason's got two points. He's in fifth, and Kathy's got one. She's still Woo-hoo! in last, but she's making her move. I don't have zero. I don't have zero. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the way it's going to go. When she does decide she's going to have that first win, she's going to start slow, and then Mm -hmm. she's going to come ripping past you guys. Yes. So often happens. That's the plan. There you go. Hey, words are fun, aren't they? Yeah. Love words. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of words, actually. So let's play a little bit of Goo Complete Me. Yay. Yay. (laughs) I love it when the reaction to that is like somebody just saw a worm crawl out of their pie. (laughs) (laughs) So for this round, I went to Google and typed in a couple of words. Then Google dug deep into its massive database of past search terms and suggested some options for what I might be about to type next. For example, when I entered the phrase, why does the Death Star, Google was convinced that I was in the midst of asking, why does the Death Star have a hole? (laughs) I love that one. And Google was exactly right. Anyway. (laughs) Why does the Death Star have a cleft, Steve? Mm, It's not the cleft I'm concerned about. It's a laser cleft. It's that port. Anyway, since it's nearly Thanksgiving, I thought I should have brought the turkey in for this. I I thought we should ask Google something seasonal. I mean, Google something seasonal. So players, please send me Google's highest autocomplete recommendation for this phrase. Why do yams? Why do yams? I had a lot of yam-related questions this year, so please send me that autocomplete suggestion now. Ooh, fast on the draw for this one! Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> 
Death Star is we've, fully we've, operational. We've all Googled this one. <laughs> I'm, warmed, <laughs> I'm all warmed up now, Steve. Look at that. All of the autocomplete suggestions are in for the question, why do yams? And uh, I'm only going to be reading five of these because two people actually suggested the same thing. So if that gets picked, they will each get a point. That's how it works. Alrighty, so why do yams? Number one, taste like sweet potatoes. Two, come with marshmallows. Three, leak. Four, make you itch. And five, look like sweet potatoes. Oh boy. These are all good questions. Mm, they are so good. So great. They're pretty, pretty good. And the first to get to decide amongst those wonderful suggestions is Jason. I'm going to say um, oh, it's one of the sweet potatoes ones that I'm going to say. Um, which one is the one that was dumber and therefore more likely to be put into Google? <laughs> is it taste <laughs> or look? <laughs> Um, I'm going to say taste like sweet potatoes. Okay. Why do yams smell like teen spirit? <laughs> that would have See, been that's good. the well you should have gone to there, Dan. <laughs> I would have been <laughs> so fast. I'm always a second too late. Too Why late. do yams suddenly appear every time you are near? <laughs> mm. I would have also picked that one. <laughs> Kathy, you're next. I think I would like the sweet potato ones are good, but I think our lovely world, why do yams come with marshmallows? Okay. (laughs) I do that. They always come with marshmallows. It's so strange. Uh, Brian. Uh, You know how when you're going to pick something and then the person... (laughs) We do. We all know that, Brian. We all know it. (laughs) I'm I'm just asking to confirm and make sure we're on the same page here. (laughs) It's a tale as old as time, Brian. Hmm. Uh, uh, mm. That's okay. The next time somebody does that bit, it's going to be funny. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's going to come right back around. (laughs) It's the rule of... Third D. You're the unlucky one that's sitting in the uncanny valley right now, Brian. But the next person is going to reap the it's, benefits. It's be amazing. More of an uncanny cleft. Uh. <laughs> leak. 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 Why do la- yams leak? Is that what you're going with? <laughs> I'm going with the leak. Okay. I'm taking the uh, leak. A oh leak boy. is a different vegetable. They were subpoenaed by the House Committee. <laughs> <laughs> Timely jokes. <laughs> is it a vegetable or is it a tuber? Oh, no. The yams. The it's tuba. not a tuba. <laughs> it's not a tuba. <laughs> Wow! Uh, yes. hour, I love this. that so much. <laughs> hey Dan. Hey Steve. Why do yams look like sweet potatoes, man? Okay. Good question. Good question. And that leaves Tiff. Why do yams leak? <laughs> Why? Why are they leaking all over? I have a question. I I've, I have limited experience with yams. 
do they leak? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a yam leak, but I would ask Google you would, the question. If it did, if it you'd did. ask why, it right? Did. Yeah. Do you return the yams if they leak? Or is there a fourteen-day warranty? No, straight to Google. Ma'am. I got the uh, leaky yam. I am googling that. Well, if the you bake the, the leaky, leaky yam. yam, is the best tavern name ever. Oh, damn it! <laughs> do it. Oh. <laughs> So, Dan Morin, you thought that uh, the most likely suggestion was, why do yams look like sweet potatoes? It was highly likely because that was the answer of both Kathy and Tiff. They each get a point oh. for that. Oh, that's awesome. What? Oh, man. What, 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 what would be the twice? answer to that question? What would I'm that answer be because they the are related and shaped the same? What? Yes, like, probably. Uh, but I assume people would like look at them and just be like, huh. I should ask Google why. Like, I'm just confused. <laughs> why do it's they a look su- the surprising same? amount of outrage for a guy who picked why do yams taste like yeah, sweet well, potatoes? That's, yeah. that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, a good question that was posed by Brian Hamilton. Uh. One point to Brian Hamilton for that. <laughs> Kathy thought, uh, "Why do yams come with marshmallows?" was the musical question, and that was actually posed by Jason. So, a point to Jason mm. for that. I got a bad feeling about this. Mm. I got a good feeling about this. That leaves Brian and Tiff both, both of whom thought that uh, why do yams leak was something that a lot of people were typing into Google for some reason. <laughs> Come on, and Tiff, we're on TV. Come on. We're completely wrong. That was Dan's answer. Two points to Dan. Dan with the leaky yam. So anyway, nice that means one. that uh, why do yams make you itch was not guessed, and that was, in fact, the correct Google autocomplete, which means I now have 10 points. Thank you, oh, everyone. No. Appreciate it. No. That's Appreciate why I had a bad feeling about this. By the way, other autocomplete responses that came up to the question, why do yams? Turn black when cooked. Turn mm. brown when cut. <laughs> have veins. Ooh. Increase the chance of twins. <laughs> <laughs> give I don't you, think they're talking about yams anymore. <laughs> give you gas. Or give me diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Now I wish I wrote that. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) Eat your yams. (laughs) While you're enjoying your leaky yams, I hope you think of us. And that's why they come Mm, with marshmallows. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Why do they come with marshmallows? Because it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise Mm, they don't taste very good. All right. So it tastes great. After round four, I'm in the lead with 10 points. Oh, boy. Uh, Dan is in second with eight. Tiff is in third with six. Brian is in fourth with four. Jason in fifth with three. And Kathy in sixth with two. But there's still a lot of game left. Alas. So let's move on to round five. Round five is a regular old word round. And the word for round five is this. Hippin. Hippin. That's I love H- that play. <laughs> That's H I P P E N. Wow, I guessed it right. That's awesome. Nicely done. So please send me your definitions for hippin' now. Turns out I can't spell marshmallows. <laughs> Mashermallows. They, they used to make a. I, I had a hot chocolate mix when I was a kid called Marshall Mallow. That's how I, That's how I spelled it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but worse. That's a lot to lay on a kid. It's like you're eating or drinking something, somebody. He's a, he's a lawman. 
poor Marshall. It's oh, Marshall. it's Marshall Mallow, I guess. Marshall uh, Mallow, yeah. I thought it was just a... <laughs> no, he's an old West lawman. He had like a okay. mustache. And, uh, I thought and it was just a marshmallow, you know, named Marshall. Which... No. Oh, 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 God. A Marshall Mallow? That's what I thought it was, too. Well, it's better that he's a lawman, I guess. Yeah. Is it Mallow or sure. Mallow? <laughs> nah, nah. It's legal. He knew what he was getting into. Marshall Mallow. It's a, it's a difficult job. Sooner or later, you're going to get drunk by a kid. All right, everybody. All of the definitions are in for the word hippin. So I will read them now. Hippin. One, a baby hippo. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Where do you think they came up with them? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Two, a purification ritual performed by Zen Buddhist monks. Three, an entire meal cooked on one sheet pan in an oven. Four, a type of whalebone commonly used in scrimshaw art. Five, a horse grave. Or six, a grave horse. Six, <laughs> a baby's diaper. So many diaper Another definitions. Another diaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you ever listen butts. to a bunch of answers and think, Hmm, my own sounds pretty good right yeah. now. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I heard a baby hippo, I thought, boy, I really should have submitted to, a, to encourage a hippie. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right, well, uh, despite what you might think, one of those is, in fact, the real definition. And our first guesser in round five is Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Hi. Hi. Steve. I would like the whalebone, please. You can't. It's illegal. <laughs> no. Boy, if I had a nickel. A war crime. Not if it was already dead. Interesting point. Interesting point. Uh, Brian. A horse's grave. I like the idea of dead horses. What? Spooky. Spooky horses. Woo. Brian, stop beating a dead horse. <laughs> grave. <laughs> A horse grave. It was up all night shouting at the dam to show it went to, so it's a little horse now. Oh, boy. Dan. We're still playing this game? Yeah. Um, Not whoever wrote Baby Hippo. (laughs) (laughs) That person has checked out. Um, God damn it. Baby hippo do 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 baby hippo do 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 I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go oh my god yeah I have no idea what's happening <laughs> which right now. lousy definition do you no want Dan idea um <laughs> take a whalebone the... put it in a baby's diaper put it on a sheet pan and bury it in a horse's grave <laughs> <laughs> and then perform a purification ritual over it with a baby that hippo. is actually the oh, purification ritual uh, then you can speak to usador the blue <laughs> I, i'm gonna go with the diaper i don't know why but i'm gonna pick it okay uh next up is tiff can you read the diaper one again a baby's diaper <laughs> that's Feel better it? <laughs> no, it's Would no you like better. it a third time? I have I have regrets. <laughs> <laughs> you should. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be the baby hippo, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> if it's the baby hippo, I swear to God. 
<laughs> I'm gonna pick baby Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. we're covering the spread, guys. We're covering the spread. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and that leaves Jason. Well, this whole round is more bacon than a pan can handle, but I'm gonna put my entire meal in one sheet pan. Okay. <laughs> there Do we you have go. A spread a full that, spread. That is how we commit spread. the spread, people. All right. Well, let's start with Jason, who went with an entire meal cooked in one sh- on one sheet pan in an oven. Is that a hippin? Nope. That's Brian's answer. One uh, point to Brian. I knew that was Brian. I, I thought I it was Brian's was, answer wait, too. But you yeah. know, wait, what? Wait, how? It's the most important I have, meal. We've been doing this. We've been doing yeah. this every night for the past week, and I have not posted anywhere online. <laughs> That yeah, but that like just sounds Brian like a Brian thing. answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I was doing the spread. And That's how this it game was is the played. least bad answer left. So there you go. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. the nicest thing. The least important <laughs> meal. Kathy thought a hippin might be a type of whalebone commonly used in scrimshaw art. That had Jason written all over it. And indeed, it was his answer. <laughs> in scrimshaw. Yep. In scrimshaw. Yeah. Finally, a scrimshaw answer. Thank God. <laughs> Brian Hamilton went with a horse grave. And that was Tiff's answer. <laughs> hey. You guys dig the lousiest horse graves. <laughs> that leaves two baby-related answers. <laughs> a baby's yes. diaper and a baby hippo. <laughs> Tiff went one way, Dan went the other. Tiff went with a baby hippo. Do, that do, was Kathy's do, do, answer. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so good. It's so stupid. It's so good. <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to get more than one of those, but. Uh... Wait a second. Does that mean. <laughs> that leaves Dan, who went with a baby's diaper. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And he went the right way, as yeah. he knows, because the other answer is his. So. Yep. <laughs> a hippin is a baby's diaper. Two points to Dan. What? At least no one picked his answer, too. So, after five rounds, we have another tie for first. It's Dan and myself with 10 points each. Dan didn't really need more points that round, but there he goes. Uh, Tiff is in third with seven points. Brian has five. He's in fourth. Jason's in fifth with four points. And Kathy's in sixth, but she's got three. Slowly but surely making her move. Still not zero. That is correct. It can't ever be zero again this game, Kathy. Isn't that great? Well... If I do another thing like baby hippo, for <laughs> maybe you'll start <laughs> taking <laughs> points away from me. I don't um, know. I don't know who the DM is, is here, but I'd like to roll to uh, to steal Kathy's points. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to round six. Which we'll look at this. Oh no! <gasps> it's the crazy round. That's right, the crazy <laughs> round in which anything can happen. We got movie sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the word for this crazy round is dry as dust. Dry as dust. That's spelled pretty much like it sounds. D-R-Y-A-S-D-U-S-T. Dry as dust. Please send me your definitions for the word dry as dust. Now. <laughs> oh no, the round got too crazy. Just uh, sitting here 
wondering dry if everybody dust. is all, everybody else is also trying to re- resist writing dry as dust. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, all of the definitions are in for the word dry as dust. I will read them now. And then, I don't know, maybe somebody will guess which one's real. We'll see. Dry as dust. One. A nymph inhabiting a dead tree. Two. A dull, pedantic speaker or writer. Three. Full of sand. You're No, you're full of sand, Steve. <laughs> I don't like myself. I'm coarse and rough. You get everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) Four. To be as dry as dust. There it is. (laughs) Uh Good job, Dan. Oh, that's the one, isn't it? (laughs) Five. Dust trapped between layers of glacial ice. And six. Surprisingly moist. (laughs) (laughs) well here's where we are it's the crazy round it is the crazy round i should have been prepared for this now that i think about it i know anything can happen maybe Uh, this is a word that doesn't exist and there is no definition for it and that's what makes this the crazy round whoa Whoa. that is a crazy round yeah so the first to get to guess is brian brian go ahead Oh, why did it have to be me for this particular one? Uh, Brian, do you ever get that feeling like somebody already guessed something (laughs) and then you guessed it? (laughs) I thought you were going to ask him, do you ever get that feeling when you're surprisingly moist? (laughs) They have a pill for that. You know what? The the guts on this person for writing surprisingly moist. <laughs> I'm going with that. You get a point, person who wrote surprisingly moist. Congratulations. Okay. Next up, Dan. I'm going to go with the... I'm going to go with a layer of dust between the glacial whatever. That... I like glacial, it. The glacial whatever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's a scientific term, Steve. Do you even Known science, for being Dan? a dry place in a glacier. All right. Fine. You can have it. Tiff, you're up next. To be as dry as dust. Really? <laughs> really. All right. <laughs> Look at me. I'm picking it, and right. I'm standing true. Oh, man, if it's dry I as dust, I know what I'm doing. It. I'm of sound mind and body, and I am picking <laughs> to be as dry as dust. And it's only round six. Jason, you're up. I um I like the nymph answer because I think there's a lot of mythological uh, characters and stuff that are are like words run together and it's all weird and strange and that could be something you'd find in a d- dead tree. So I'm going to choose the nymph. Choose the nymph, Jason. All right, that leaves Kathy. What was the one right after the glacial whatever? Surprisingly, Surprisingly moist. moist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wiped it out one more time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now uh, you brought it right back. Good I job. Know. And now it's 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 there forever, and I I can't not pick it. I hate moist. That's that's what it's Dan. Really? That's what gets he anywhere. Oh, yeah. Don't do it, Dan. Don't do it. I hear where you're going. Gobble. Stay away. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, here we are. 
<laughs> no doubt about that. <sighs> well, since it's at the top of my list, let's start with Jason, who thought that uh, dry as dust might be a nymph inhabiting a dead tree. I like where you're going with that, Kathy, the whole dryad link, but that was Kathy's answer. Uh, so. I was well played with the dryad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like, I think there's a word for that. <laughs> so uh, Tiff thought that. No, she didn't. She really didn't think dry as dust meant to be as dry as dust. Did you? Did I? It depends. What's the answer? Uh, you were, either way, you were wrong. That was Brian's answer. You're welcome, Brian. Way to Got be me bold. a point, didn't I? You deserve it. Oh, Brian. Hey, speaking of Brian... He went in with Kathy on surprisingly moist. <laughs> That's, damn. Surprisingly moist. It's going to be Tiff's, isn't it? Surprisingly <laughs> moist. <laughs> Say it again. Oh, it's moist. Thereby giving Dan more and two more points he really <laughs> didn't need. Surprisingly Dan. Warren! <laughs> I do not believe that got any points because it was the stupidest thing I've (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it was not. You cannot stay away from points somehow. Hey, speaking of Dan, he's the last one remaining. He thought that dry as dust might be dust trapped between layers of glacial ice. Jason, was he right? No. No, you gave a point to Jason. That that was a scrimshaw answer right Uh there. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. was. Oh, no. And say, it was the speaker. You it's gave the points speaker. Damn to it. somebody else. That would be me, because nobody guessed that Dry as Dust was a dull, pedantic speaker or writer. Uh, I, I was on the fence. The I was 50-50 on it, and as soon as I picked the Glacier thing, I'm like, this is a Jason answer, uh, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are in deep, deep trouble, because after that crazy round, I'm back in the lead with 15 points. I am oh, within no. one round of taking this thing. Oh, oh no. Whoo, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, in second place is Dan. He's got 12 points. Tiff has got seven points. She's in third. Brian's in fourth with six points. Jason is in fifth with five. Kathy's in sixth with four. She takes one point every round. That's kind of cool. I like what you're doing nice there. Nice and slow and steady. So mm-hmm. if we play for another five hours yeah. and <laughs> everyone else gets bored and runs away, yeah. I may win. You're, you're going to take this thing, Kathy. Yeah, I got this. Well, that was round six. Let's move on to round seven. And uh, let's do something a little different from round, for round seven. Let's do, a, let's do a round of what I call Love is a Strange Place. <laughs> yeah. This is the, uh, the round where, um, where we do translations. So uh, when American movies are released in other countries, <laughs> their names are often changed to something that the locals might find more appealing. For example, if you wanted to stream the movie Lost in Translation in Portugal, you'd fire up Portuguese Netflix and search for it under the name Love is a Strange Place. Hence the name of this round. So, uh, I'm going to give you all a movie and a country. I want you to tell me the literal translation of the movie's title as it is known in that country. And hey, it's November, so uh, how about... A Thanksgiving-themed film this time out. There are so many to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) But I have decided on Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes! I knew it! As it is known in the country of Denmark. Hmm. So, won't you please send me the literal translation of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as it's known to the Danish people. 
No. Yes, see, now I can utilize my strong Danish knowledge. I almost typed something in Norwegian, and that would have been embarrassing. That would just have been (laughs) terrible. I'm not looking for the actual Danish word, by the way, so please. (laughs) Thank God for that. All right, all of the translations are in. One of these is the literal translation of what planes, trains, and automobiles is known as, in Denmark, to the Danish. So here they go. One. Holiday travel conundrum. <laughs> and I should note, there is an exclamation mark at the end of <laughs> holiday travel conundrum. 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 <clears throat> Two. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> oh, no. Three. Satan is the pilot and Turkey is the destination. <laughs> is that not, it's not Santa is the pilot? It's Satan. Okay. It's, just double checking. I'm double checking. I totally have to see this movie. <laughs> Four. First class ass ride. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have to see this movie. (laughs) Five, a terrible traveling time. Or six, traveling headache. One of those is the translation for how the Danish see planes, trains, and automobiles. And the first to get to decide which one it is, is Dan Morin. Dan. I think I'm going to go with a terrible traveling time. Simply <laughs> terrible traveling time. <laughs> I only got half of it, but I was able to put it together. <laughs> get it out. <laughs> you get the Brian. joke, though. Brian, deep breaths. Deep breaths. Stay with us. <laughs> Tiff, you're up next. Um, I can you read the Satan one and the first class one and uh, yeah, just those two. Okay, Satan is the pilot and Turkey is the destination. Okay, and first class ass ride. <laughs> first class ass ride all the way. <laughs> so many questions. Okay. How are you enjoying this uh, iTunes reviewer? <laughs> Four <Hey>. stars. <laughs> hey, Jason. Hey, Steve. How do you think the Danish refer to planes, trains, and automobiles? I think uh, there was no better destination for Thanksgiving than Turkey, and no better pilot than Satan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up is Kathy. Uh, one first class ticket for an asteroid, please. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, my God. You won't be traveling alone. <laughs> my buddy Tiff will hang out with you. Oh, Kathy and I riding that ass. That's, that's how it goes. In first class. In first class, though. It's a classy and... ass. <laughs> Man, (laughs) it's the first time that word's been used on this show. Uh, Brian, one first class ass ride. Oh my god, so many people are taking the first class ass ride. Come with us, friend. (laughs) 
in uh, in first class ass rides, uh, someone pours champagne down your butt like that one person oh who God. took a picture of that. <laughs> I think you mean cleft, Brian. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh Can boy. we ask Harry three people? You know that feeling when the person before you pick something, you're like, I would never pick that. <laughs> Get on this ass ride. I do know that, Daily Dan. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone. All right. Well, here we go. Here's where we are. Uh, Jason <laughs> thought that planes, trains, and automobiles in Denmark might be known as Satan is the pilot and Turkey is the destination. That was actually Brian's answer. Oh, so Brian. Good job, Brian. That's a great nice. one. You should be in Danish marketing. One. <laughs> are we sure it's danish i just want to make sure movie. dan morin thought that planes trains and automobiles might be called a terrible traveling time that was actually kathy's answer so mm. one point to kathy it's it sounded very danish <laughs> that leaves tiff kathy and brian <laughs> Say it. Ass right. Ass right. Ass right. Oh, whoa, whoa. Ass easy, right. easy. Whoa. Who decided to come along with me, little girl, on a first class ass ride? <laughs> oh, oh. I didn't think you could make it worse. You made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to be glad they did because that is, in fact, the oh, Danish oh, translation yeah. for oh, planes, boy. trains, and oh, automobiles. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Love tour pa fasta classa, which translates fairly loosely <laughs> to first class ass ride. Amazing. Yeah. Now, I asked some Danish people. <laughs> <laughs> I've polled a few Danes. <laughs> and it appears that Danish is a fairly loosey goosey sort of language. Uh, love tour kind of means. Something along the lines of a bad experience, but literally translated, it means ass ride or ass trip <laughs> or butt trip or something along those lines. It's like wow. a, it's like two words, this compound word. So, you know, I don't, I don't speak or read Danish. I don't even eat Danish very often. So I, <laughs> I cannot tell you this is a perfect translation, but I do know a golden opportunity when I see it. Yes. <laughs> and when I copy a benign looking phrase from IMDb and paste it into Google Translate, and Google Translate comes back at me with first class ass ride. <laughs> You're like, this is the one. You cannot say no. That you is the turn goldest. turn down a free ticket on a first class <laughs> ass ride. The goldest of opportunities right there. Oh, boy. So, yeah, my, my apologies to the person who left that iTunes review, but I think you'll have to agree my hands were tied here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Glenn's kids. What was I supposed to do? Anyway, that was fun. And I didn't win that round, so that's cool. But I am still in first with 15 points. Dan is still in second with 12. Brian and Tiff are tied for third with nine points each. Kathy has slipped in front of Jason. She has seven points. Mm. Jason is in last with five. All right, let's move on to round eight. And uh, in round eight, we are back to words. And this Yay, one. words. Words. This one is another listener word. Yay. Listener word. Brought to us by listener Gwendolyn. Thank you, listener Gwendolyn. And the word is Zogzwang. Zogzwang. That's Z-U-G-Z-W-A-N-G. 
Zugzwang. Please Zugzwang. send me your definition for Zugzwang now. I really didn't think anybody was going to get that last one. <laughs> and everybody got it. it. They did. How would you not think that people would want to take an ass ride on this show? <laughs> right? Especially first class. <laughs> it's not even a donkey. If it's first class, I'm buying a ticket, that's for sure. All right, all of the definitions are in for the round eight word, which was Zugzwang. 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 <laughs> Here they are. One, the frosting on a black forest cake. Two, in chess, a situation in which a player is put at a disadvantage by having to make a move. Three, the act of accidentally stepping in feces with your bare feet. <laughs> Four, a person who is unable to tell when someone cannot hear them. What? Five, making an unfounded nonsensical argument. Or six, a caboose. <laughs> <laughs> So those are your options, and uh, our first picker this round is Tiff. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Now, Kool-Aid oh, yeah. man's here. At least we'll be hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I wrote down chess, feces, and nonsense. <laughs> so is there a way to combine all those? Um, oh, boy. I'm going to go with the feces because it feels right. Words yeah. that don't. Sounds about right. Often. Sounds about right. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Jason, you're up next. I used to know what this word means, and now I'm not sure anymore. I think it maybe <laughs> is the chess move, so I'm going to go with that one. All right. Oh, I already have regrets. Kathy. He's already picked his own answer at least once tonight. <laughs> True. Right. You can't be trusted. The the problem is is that I also had a little inkling of remembering something from a random book about chess that I read, and so I'm gonna go with the chess answer too. Oh, All right, shoot. What's the problem there that you once read a book about chess? Or <laughs> I mean, yes, but also that it's the, the answer that Jason just picked. You know, you get that feeling when <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. I'm not even going to preface this with anything. I'm picking the freaking chess move. Oh, boy. You guys are playing a dangerous game. But oh, okay. it's going to be the feces. You're missing out, everyone. <laughs> All right. Splorch. Last chance to take the spread, Dan. I'm picking the caboose. <laughs> no, I'm, please don't pick I'm, my caboose. I'm at the end here, so I might as well. Ooh, might as well oh. pick that caboose. Okay. Well, then... See what you've done, listener Gwendolyn. I hope you're happy. Uh, let's start with um, Jason, Kathy, and Brian. Oh, no. All of whom thought that Zugzwang might be in chess, a situation in which a player is put at a disadvantage by having to make a move. And they were all correct. That's uh, two oh, points each. Oh, Jason, Yay. Kathy, Yay, and I Brian. I finally got one right. 
So there you go. Uh, Tiff thought that Zugzwang might be the act of accidentally stepping in feces with your bare feet. I wouldn't say thought. I would say hoped. <laughs> it's it's more the sound than it is a description of it. But uh, that was actually Kathy's description. So good job, nice. Kathy. Paid you back. Yes, thank you. And that leaves Dan, the caboose of the, the group, <laughs> picked his own caboose, which was actually Jason's caboose. I so did. a point... I hey, you know what? I I fell on my caboose to mm-hmm. take take one for the team. Anal no. cleft. Mm-hmm. First class caboose ride. <laughs> oh boy! So after uh, what is this? Eight rounds, but it feels like a lifetime. I'm still in first with 15 points, still in striking distance. Dan is still in second with 12. Brian is now in third with 11. Kathy is in fourth with 10. She's creeping up. Tiff is in fifth with nine. Jason is, wow, right behind with eight. We go 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. That is, uh, that's very interesting. So let's do something a little different this round. I had a regular word round, but I feel like maybe this is the one where we end this thing. So let's see. We're going to play a a round I'd call uh, No Thanks. Uh, All right, all right. Settle down, everybody. It's time to learn about other cultures. (laughs) Believe it or not. No, thanks. Not everyone on Earth celebrates Thanksgiving. <gasps> what? Yeah, it's true. But a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> a noble race of sentient shag carpets known as the Wookiee observed a very similar holiday. Get out, Steve. Get out right now. Leave this call. What, Brian? I'm only talking about Life Day. No! You shut your mouth. Yes, Life Day, that joyous celebration of family, harmony, and maximum strength flea powder, just like Thanksgiving, Life Day is celebrated by donning ritual robes and carrying glowing orbs to the Tree of Life. Steve, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? It's <laughs> mm, a, a question that's troubled mankind for years and years, Jason. But, you know, in addition to that Tree of Life thing, there's also a traditional feast. Of course, the Wookiee don't eat turkey and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie. That would be silly. Wookiees eat space food. So I did a little research, and according to Wikipedia, there are three dishes that no self-respecting Life Day spread would be without. For this round, all you have to do is come up with one of them. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to be clear, this information is listed under the canon section of Wikipedia. This is not that ridiculous Star Wars legend stuff, okay? So get it right. So... Please send me an essential component of the traditional Life Day meal. Now. Okay, I'm embarrassed to ask, but I'm totally blanking on, like, even an area to answer this question. So, just to confirm. Name a Star Wars, a fake Star Wars food. Okay. Thank you. That's what I would say is your hint. I like like that you felt the need to qualify that fake Star Wars Wars food. (laughs) (laughs) It's like popcorn. Now I can just throw out all of the real Star Wars food. Yeah, those (laughs) real Star Wars foods are garbage. Well, I mean, it's possible that that a Star Wars character would have a hot dog, but you should probably not pick that. Mm. Mm. (laughs) It's true. Oh, I'm changing my answer to hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all of the traditional Life Day feast foods are in. I will read them now. So, number one, Azul Leche's Cake. 
Two, Moonza Ball Soup. Three, Sacred Orga Roots. Four, Karak. <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> like three K's. It is K A apostrophe R R A K. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Five <laughs> roasted space nuts. <laughs> or six blue milk pudding. <laughs> so god, those are your everything. options. I hate everything. Oh my god! <laughs> For the traditional life day feast, I'm so and hungry first... now. Yeah, mm, it sounds good. <laughs> it all just sounds so great. I said one question: Why do yams leak? <laughs> <laughs> the answer, as it turns out, is karak. <laughs> oh. Jason, you get to be the first to choose amongst those. Which do you think it is? Well, I'm disappointed that nobody wrote chewy chocolate chip Wookiees. And I think very clearly the answer is roasted space nuts. (laughs) 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 I know it seems ridiculous, but it's the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. That's true. Art Carney's roasted space nuts. Sponsored by Marshall Mallow. You know, Jason, thanks for bringing these chocolate chip Wookiees, but uh, they're a little lumpy. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. All right. Next up is Kathy. Okay. I'll go with the none of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're all just so great. None of them. I'll just have water. Thanks. (laughs) That's so sad. (laughs) Yeah. The. The orga root okay. orb thing. All righty. Next up is Brian. I am also going with the sacred orga roots. Okay. Next up is Dan. Um, and is only only one of these is real? <laughs> well, uh, none of them are real, Dan. <laughs> 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 Um, I'm going to go with, oh my God, I'm going to go with the Rose of Space Nuts. <laughs> Welcome, Dan. Yeah. We are the Rose of Space Nuts oh, now. Oh, the Rose of Space Nuts. And, uh, that means, Tiff, you're up next. Uh, I want to go with the Carcassad one because of the apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> the the Brothers Carcassad. That's, uh, Okay. Karak, I believe, is the the term you're reaching for there. Kakak, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. So all of the guesses are in. One of these items really? is really a traditional life day food. Which one is it? Let's find out together, shall we? Let's start with Jason and Dan, who both inexplicably went with roasted space nuts. <laughs> I pointed out that uh, the Star Wars Legends material was off the table, so that means the Star Wars Holiday Special is also off the table. So it seems unlikely that Uh Roasted Space Nuts would be in the new canon, but you never know. But they weren't. That was Kathy's answer. (laughs) Well played. 
And I couldn't think of a better pair to end up on roasted space nuts. <laughs> I said lunch, not lunch. Tiff thought that tradi- a traditional Life Day food was karak, or whatever she said. Sounds Klingon. Mm, it does, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> They're in space. No, it I'm wasn't. insulted. It was Morin. <laughs> yeah. And that leaves Kathy and Brian, both of whom thought that sacred orga roots might be a traditional Life Day food. According to Wikipedia, the traditional Life Day feast, Wikipedia, the traditional Life Day feast involves shishak fruits, rosher lice syrup, and most of all, sacred orga roots. Uh, Good job, you two. Oh, boy. So here's where we are after round nine. Ah, I'm still in the lead with 15. Right behind me is Kathy. She's got 14 points. Whoa. Whoa. She makes her move. She makes her move. Brian's in third with 13. He's actually tied with Dan for third, also with 13. Tiff has nine points. She's in fifth. And Jason has eight points. He's in sixth. So whatever happens here, this is the final round. We'll see who's in the lead. Hope it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) So, the word for this, the tenth and final round is... Gulgul. Gulgul. That's G-U-L-G-U-L. Gulgul. That's what a turkey says when it has a slight (laughs) impediment. (laughs) Gulgul. Please send me your definitions for the word gulgul. Now, it is definitely possible for somebody to win the right and proper way this round. Kathy's got 14. What are we playing to? To the end of this round, where however it ends up, but it's generally 18. I'm going to be adding first class ass ride to my band names list. <laughs> 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 God, did you guys go to the first class ass ride show? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Finally, all of the definitions are in. Finally. For the word, gulgul. I will read them now, and then some stuff will happen. Number one, the sound that is made when closing a tape measure. <laughs> two, a Turkish dessert with powdered sugar. Three, a toilet that is clogged indefinitely. (laughs) (laughs) No more toilet for you. It's done. Well, it may come back. It's it's not. It's kind of up in the air. Indefinitely. (laughs) Indefinitely. It's it's an indeterminate period of time. Sure. Four, a paste of crushed seashells used to prevent worms from boring into a ship's hull. Five, a tube used to drain a waterbed. Or six, a crab and rice dish native to the low country of South Carolina. What? Yeah. <laughs> so one of those is a gogol. Is this a listener word? Nope. Okay. Pick this one out all by myself. Good job. And the first to get to guess the definition is Kathy Campbell. 
Are you sure you read all of the definitions? <laughs> I just think so. <laughs> I'm just checking <laughs> in hope that maybe one. If you think you've got a better one, just say <laughs> it and make that one your choice and we'll see what happens. Right. right? Um, I, I, I'm going to go for the paste that's used for a ship's hull. Okay. Kathy's eating paste. That's what we've got. Paste. All right. Next up is Brian. I don't like any of these. Hmm. They speak highly of you. I, I I do really like a toilet that's clogged indefinitely, but I'm not picking it. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, hmm. Uh, paste of crushed seashell. Sea it's hard, isn't it? By the really seashore. <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> All right, you're going with the paste. Dan, would you like to sell seashells? I'm going to go with the crab dish. Okay, still shell related. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, Tiff. That tape measure one is so weird, but someone could have a tape measure on their desk and they're just like, meh. Uh, tape measure. Just for the spread. I don't like any of these. All right. That leaves Jason. The spread in the last round basically means just so Steve doesn't win. As long as mm-hmm. Steve doesn't win. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm going to say a Turkish dessert. Turkish dessert for all my friends. All right, let's see what happened there. Because, you know, Turkey is the destination and Satan is the pilot. So (laughs) when we get there, we'll have a Turkish dessert. (laughs) Traditional Thanksgiving. You have it right after the sacred orga roots. So uh, let's start with Dan, who went with a crab and rice dish native to the low country of South Carolina. That's never good when you start with me. You, you have no. once again picked Jason's answer, so congratulations for that. Uh, Jason, meanwhile, uh, went with a Turkish dessert with powdered sugar. Jason, guess whose that was? Oh, Follow it, up that crab dish. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all for Both the spread. It's fine. Clearly yep. need to eat something. Yep. Uh, Tiff. Uh, Tiff went with the sound that is made when closing a tape measure. And that was our good friend Kathy Campbell's answer. Oh, so. oh, that was good. So that was you good. got a tape measure on your desk I, there, Kathy? Yeah, I just sent a picture of my desk. I had the moment of thinking, like, that is that is ridiculous, and then coming around to it after hearing all the other answers. No, it could, it could, I guess it could sound like that. So with that, that answer, uh, Kathy pulls into a tie with me for first place. Oh, no. This final answer. Why is there blood on your tape measure? <laughs> will determine whether we end in a tie or Kathy wins it outright. Kathy and Brian both thought that Gulgul might be a paste of crushed seashells used to prevent worms from boring into a ship's hull. And Kathy is completely right. So is Brian. So two Yay. points to Kathy, which means at the end of 10 rounds of low definition, Kathy has finally won. Oh my god. In her eighth attempt. Good job, Kathy. Wow. Congratulations, Kathy. Nicely done. Congratulations. Well thought. Thank you. Welcome to the 0.7% or whatever. (laughs) Oh, no, actually. (laughs) And Steve was totally right. It was the slow start and the fast finish. I told you. 
I know how this thing works. In the words of Tony Sindelar, let's never play again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if I can, like... Just retire now. I think I'm good. I'm going to retire. Now you can order your trophy and hang it on the wall. So, yeah, after 10 rounds, Kathy wins with uh, 17 points. Brian and I were tied for second with 15 each. Very close, Brian. High five! Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, In fourth place was Dan with 14 points. And tied for fifth with nine points each, Tiff and Jason. Good job, everybody. So that does it for this episode. Uh, Listeners, hey, if you run across a weird word or come up with a great round idea, or you just want to say hi, drop us a line at lowdefgs at gmail.com. The GS stands for giblet stuffing. Uh, You can also (laughs) follow us on Twitter at at lowdefgs. The GS in that one stands for gravy stains. Uh, tis the season to be thankful, so thank you to my long-suffering players, Brian, Dan, Tiff, Jason, and Kathy. Special thanks to the turkey who does impressions and speaks pretty good English. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for hanging around till the bitter end in spite of all this. This has been Low Definition. Until next time, I'm Steve Lutz saying, please enjoy these delicious shisha fruits. Now go take a nap. <laughs>